so our morning is a little bit different this morning, um, and we've been planning for this. Our, uh, we're having a forum with our elders this morning, so I'm going to invite all of our elders uh, to come up and find a seat here. We'll see how they arrange themselves. We'll see what happens. <laughs> In your bulletin, you know, out there. In your bulletin, uh, they're not only going to be up on the screen, but in your bulletin, if you, you, there will be the questions. These are questions from me. I made them up. And, um, but there's also space there in the bulletin. If you want to write some notes, feel free to do that. Um, we are talking about Bible engagement this month. And so part of this is how these men who are leaders of our church engage with the Word of God, engage with the Word of God. And that's why our very first question for them is this, what verse or verses uh, has or have been guiding you lately? Guiding you lately. And we're just going to go right down the line on this one. We want everybody to be able to answer on this one. So I'm going to start with Forrest down there. Forrest, make sure our microphones are working. working? And feel free to introduce yourself and that kind of stuff. Yeah, Forrest. So I'm Forrest, uh, San Filippo. You probably heard my uh, youngest, you know, over there being wild. So, um, yeah, Sadie and I have been here for a long time and uh, just just joined the elder board three months ago now. So, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, where I've been in the scripture is uh, Matthew 14. Um, so, I'm just going to take over and, and just the whole rest of the time will be me. <laughs> Great. Uh, no, I have been, uh, I'm sorry, not Matthew 14, John 14. I'm, I'm going to read some of it, though, because I, this, this is just... It feels so central to what uh, I'm going. I'm being taught personally, and what Jesus is showing uh, us as a, as a church, I believe. Uh, so this is this is Jesus having this conversation with his disciples, where um, we all we all know part of this verse, um, but I think there's something really profound that I had maybe missed in the past. Uh, uh, starting at verse five, John fourteen five, Thomas said to him, "Lord, uh, we do not w- know where you are going. So how can we know the way?" Jesus answered. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Um, and that's a pretty bold thing to ask, right? <laughs> show us the Father. Um, I'm not sure Philip really thought that through because, you know, Seeing, seeing the Father, uh, when, we, when we see those experiences in the Old Testament, think about when people had a vision of God the Father, right? <laughs> like fire, um, like he, the, the power of God is so purifying that n- no human can stand before him. And Philip says, well, show us the Father. Uh, Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you uh, such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Um, and so on, what, what, and this keeps going, and, and, and I've just been soaking in this lately because I've been thinking about what does it mean to know Jesus? Uh, you know, and I think it starts with seeing who he is. You know, he's not something, he's not a, he's not a, a different God from that God of the Old Testament, that God of power, you know, I think uh, Scripture says he, 
He dwells in inapproachable light. But he came to earth as a human, as a man, so that we could approach him, so that we could see him. And I think it starts there, but it doesn't end there because we can know that intellectually and not know him. And that's exactly what Jesus is asking us to do, to know him. And he goes on to teach about loving him and how that love for him transforms our hearts. So anyway, I will stop, but I could keep going. <laughs> hey. That's hard to follow for us. <laughs> so um, I would say for me, especially since being on the Elder Board, and I'm Scott Kingston. I've been on the Elder Board since... March of last year. Uh, yeah, so about 22. 16 months, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, so uh, for me, two, uh, two psalms that I try to be in a lot, um, at least on a weekly basis, are Psalm 51 and Psalm 139. And that's become particularly important um, since I've been an elder. I, I think both of these psalms show David's humanness. Um, and why he was a, a man after God's own heart. And in particular, um, Psalm 51, 16 through 17 says, You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Um, and then in Psalm 139, which is a beautiful, I think one of the most beautiful <laughs> pieces of literature ever written about God's omniscience and omnipotence and omnipresence. But near the end, David just like goes into this imprecatory cursing, um, asking God to, to, you know, slay the wicked. Um, and then ends the Psalm with just this asking God to examine his Holy Spirit or asking the Holy Spirit to examine his heart. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I just, I, I think that I need that um, because I'm prone to self-righteousness and pride. And I think all, we as Christians, um, like Adam said last week, we all need to have our feet washed a lot and, and asking the Holy Spirit to examine us to see where, where we might not know we need our feet washed. You can try this one. Well, thank you. I'm Jim Gardner. I've been an elder here for three years. And the scripture that uh, we've actually been talking about it for a couple of weeks, but scripture, scripture that I've been really studying lately and, and for a long time, for those of you who have been in my Monday Night Bible study, will know that one of my favorite verses is Romans 12, 2. Uh, as Christians, we always try to seek out God's will. That's what we want. And 12.2, Romans 12.2, kind of is a key that helps that happen. It opens that door. And, you know, we, this, there's a reason why this building is called a sanctuary. Because it's a safe place from out where? In the world, Right? So Romans 12, 2 is that key to see, well, this is how you know what God's will is. And Romans 12, 2 goes like this. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing 
and perfect will. So as we, as we leave here this sanctuary, this safe place, and go into the world, it's real easy for me and has for, I hope for everyone, not hope, but I, I know it is for everyone, to be part of, part of that world to the point where we, we miss the sanctuary that's within us as well. So, so that's the one that I've been, I've, I've been spending a lot of time is to make sure that I'm not conforming to the patterns of the world. And there's practical things that I do that I don't necessarily say that everyone has to do, but pretty much I don't watch the news. At, you know, like 6 o'clock, you know, I watch CNN. I, I get the news from other areas to know what's going on, but I don't dwell on CNN or Fox News or whatever. That's just... It's never changed. You could turn that off and watch it three years later, and it's the same stuff. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's one that I've been working on a lot. And another one that, uh, is, especially these days for, for, for me, is Philippians uh, 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication. Make your requests known to God. That's one, you know, and, the, and uh, uh, that one there is, is really helpful to know what the peace that passes all understanding is about. So, you're, you're next. I'm Scott Aberdeers. Um, So this term for me has been uh, trying. It's been trying, it's been hard, it's been difficult, but yet it's been a time that I've grown. Um, and I've leaned on more than just one verse during this time. So one of the verses that really um, hit me um, is in John. and says this, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And that's very, very hard. So, but if I want to be a little more like Jesus, I have to do that because he loved me. And um, the other part is um, out of Romans. I mean, this has been my life verse. Romans twelve ten: be devoted to one another. In brotherly love, right? Honor one another above yourselves. And in doing so, I can stay at a place of humility to serve you the best that I know how. And I believe that uh, God has ordained this group of men to walk us through this transition. And I'm grateful for that. So... What's been leading me? I, Mike, check. Mike, thank you. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. My name's Bob Pegarsh, but as the office has learned, it's Robert William Pegarsh Jr. So I go by Bob because my father was always Robert. So uh, X. The book of Acts has been kind of my guiding light here the, lately, specifically 22 through 24. 
And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. I, I know that I'm not going to Jerusalem. I've been there. But to me, it's going out into the world every day and having the faith and the power of Jesus Christ in my heart and to be a witness for him to this body and to the world. Um, I don't know how else to say it. And I, I had doubts of being an elder. I really did. But God's shown me through his power and word that everything is possible. Amen. Mike, do you want to reset that board at this time? Um, they said there's a technical difficulty, and they said, Adam, when you get an opportunity to just talk, we'll reset. Are you all set? Okay. You're okay. Okay. Next question then. Um, and that was the most important question. I mean, that, and on my sheet, that was the most important question, to hear where our men are and what, what verses of the scriptures are guiding them. Um, per our Constitution, every, an elder serves for a two-year term, and after two years, then they have the opportunity to serve another two years. So after four years, if that's in succession, then there's a year of sabbatical. There's a year of rest before they would serve again. So that's our, kind of our system that we go by. So just recently, uh, Tom DeMeyer uh, served his four years and is on his sabbatical year of rest. And so I wanted to ask this question of either Scott, Scott, or Jim. Um, what did we lose when Tom, with Tom going off the elder team? And I think Scott's got that part yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm going to answer that one. So, I, yeah, he's not here. Tom, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to serve along... Tom in various roles uh, as a deacon and as an elder a, a few times and uh, one of the things that Tommy brought was a lot of wisdom and with that wisdom he brought a lot of stability that I admired about him so he's true to the word you know he, he doesn't waver and he waits on the Lord and I think as an elder we needed that at times, you know, just to slow down, be patient, and waiting on the Lord. So I'm grateful that Tom was part of our team uh, in the past, and I, I know that God's not done with him, and I hope that he can jump, jump back in and serve along us again. And then I think, Scott Kingston, what did we gain with the addition of Forrest? So um, it's been really cool getting to know Forrest more over the past few months, and I think as Christians, we can often go one of two ways. We can have like so much love of Jesus in our hearts, but we, we're not in the Word, studying the Word, and really getting to know who, who He is. And, um, and, and we can, the other 
risk is that we have so much head knowledge and it never makes it into our hearts. And, and what I've seen with Forrest is a guy that has a tremendous amount of scriptural knowledge, but really loves the Lord. And he's really humble. Like you say something to Forrest or in an el elder meeting and he disagrees with you. You don't even realize that he disagrees with you until he like says something. And by the end of what he says, you've realized you've entirely changed your mind on what you thought before. So it's this weird sort of mental jujitsu that he's been <laughs> doing with me. Okay, now I'm assuming Jim has, what did we gain with Bob? What about Bob? Yeah. <laughs> well, first a little, a, bit, a little bit of history. Um, biblically, the church has two major groups of leaders, deacons and elders. And the qualifications for each of those groups are exactly the same. You know, they're, they're, they're pretty tough qualifications biblically. So, but they're equally important to each other, to the church, but they have different functions. Okay, so the, the, the deacons are, are on the service end of it, and the elders are more on the spiritual side of things, but they're of equal value. So when we look for elders and deacons, we have a vetting uh, process that we put in place. And it's, it's not just a slap on the back and say, hey, how would you like to be a deacon? You know, we don't do that. We, we want to make sure that God is calling them to be and that they are willing to serve. And so we have a, a pretty strenuous vetting problem to make sure that they're, number one, biblically qualified, and two, that God is calling them to serve there. So that being said, Bob was originally tasked to go through the deacon process. And through that vetting process by the elders, it came to light to all of us. It's like, we just like, oh. actually his area of service was better fitted for being an elder. So then we, uh, yeah, he didn't believe it. But it, it really truly is. And how I see that work out is when we meet the man's heart for the Lord and his ability to know when it's time to stop and pray. Hey, he has just been a blessing to this group. And I agree with, with Scott Abaderis, who said that, and I think Adam has told us this well, that this group of, of elders that are up here, and the deacons as well, I can say, have been commissioned really by God to be where we are in this, as many of you in the church family know, this tough transition we've been going through for three plus years. So, um, Bob, thanks for saying yes. And I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> okay, now we move to Forrest and Bob. Um, what are some of the, uh, and, and as Jim said, there's a vetting process that we walk through and we, we want to make sure we do our due diligence and hear from the man's heart. Um, so Forrest and Bob are brand new to the team. What are some of your initial observations about being on the elder team? Forrest, you want to start? Sure. Yeah, so one thing coming in that, that I got right away, and I kind of knew this, but it was confirmed, you know, being in the meetings. So these guys love this church. Um, you know, they love the people of Washira Community Church. They love what happens here when we gather. Um, and so it, it, it's, you know, it's tough at times. And especially, you know, some of these guys have been through, <laughs> you know, 
several transitions and all of the things that we've been ha have been happening here, and it's tough. Um, and they are still here because they love Wishare Community Church. So that was one thing that was evident right away. Um, and then another thing, which was just wild to me, was I, you know, I know some of these guys pretty well, but you know, we've got there's all kinds of questions, right? Like. Where do we stand on particulars of, of, of policy and little issues and things like that? And, and uh, one, uh, just seeing the spirit unify us has been amazing. You know, I'll come in, so I've got, I remember specifically coming into like the second meeting and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to be the only one, you know, pushing for this particular change. And it uh, turned out like all of us were watching the same teachings and reading the same scriptures on this one and we were all aligned we didn't even have to it was like oh yeah we're all there and i could just see the spirit at work you know unifying us and directing us in the same thing so that those are the two initial observations i have so many of the same thoughts so i don't want to repeat all of that but one of the things that i'm going to interject about tom um during this construction phase out here of changing things, uh, Scott's helper got hurt and couldn't help him. So many days he was out there alone laying block. And it came to our attention, so some of us jumped in and helped. Tom was there every, almost every day. He'd, he'd come and he'd help Scott in his way. Not physically, let's just say. <laughs> but Tom was there to encourage me and to lift me up, to stay, in, stay the course. And I was very appreciative for him to stop in every day. And I look forward to that time. I, it, that was totally unscripted. It just popped in my mind as he was talking about Tom. And I just uh, makes me realize that that is what an elder is, to hold each other up. Um, the commitment of each of these guys digging into the Bible and using it as a roadmap. First uh, Timothy 12 through 17 and Titus 5 through 8 are pretty much our guides in uh, the structure of the elder team. And uh, if you're not familiar with what that is, I, I, I learned it. Coming, uh, praying about and trying to figure out if this was my position in life that I'm supposed to help God with. And that is God is first. The elders are a plural team. We're all together. And this includes the teaching pastor. The deacons are help serve. And then the congregation. And the utmost goal is to serve God through the word and through love. Okay. Quickly here, what's your number one prayer for WCC, Forrest? Real quick, okay. Uh, real quick. Um, the, so, uh, Jesus was asked, what was the first commandment, right? And he, he repeated what every, every Jewish person knew, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, and for me, I, I have come to realize that is, that's where it all starts, you know, we have so many things that happen here. We have so many uh, questions. We have, you know, transitions. We have ministries and people working together is hard. You know, we have very different perspectives. It, none of it works unless Jesus is at the forefront 
of, of, of our, our thoughts and minds. So when Jesus is, when we are in love with Jesus, don't just, we don't just know about him, but we are in love with Jesus. That's, that's my number one prayer for, for WCC. Yeah, that, that we would, my prayer is that we would be a people of prayer. It's, it's hard to have deep love for someone that you're not spending a lot of time with. So just individually and corporately, that we would be a people of prayer because if God's power and the power of the Spirit isn't moving in this church, we're just a group of men and women um, not tapping into the great, the great power that's available to us. Well, I've got a lot of prayers for all of us, and me too, but I think the, the, the very one that comes to the forefront is that as we are moving forward in this transition that we all grow in our not only knowledge of Christ and knowledge of God but in our love for each other and for God that we actually we, we actually grow so that we can get to that point where we can accomplish what God is asking us to do which is to go and make disciples so my prayer is, is that we all get to the point where we are disciples. Oh, someone told me once in the church way back that, and it's easy to be a believer, but it's tougher to be a disciple. A disciple is one who actually follows the footsteps of someone and does those things. So I, I, the, my prayer is that we all can. I have not reached that. Paul, Paul never reached that himself all the way to the end, but we... We strive to do that, and that's our prayer. That's, that's an amen. So the short answer is um, to grow in maturity and to look more like Jesus in our lives, right? That's my heart's desire for this church family. And I found that in First Peter 1, 14 through 16, says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which, you were, which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves. Also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And then in the next verses, in the next chapter, verse uh, 3, to sum all this up, right? All of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. We can just do those things. Wow, what a difference we could make in the lives of those that are around us. Apparently you can tell they didn't listen to a short version. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> to be sensitive to God's leading on how to operate and overcome the distorted worldview and thinking that we face today and in the future. Oh. I, I don't even know how else to pray. Because every day we're attacked by the worldview, and it distorts the truth. So that's my prayer for this body. Mm -hmm. So we're going to move, Aaron, have your team come on up. I'm going to jet all the way to the last question, looking at our time, looking at our time where the, the team can come on up. So last one that we're going to cover is, what are your thoughts and prayers about and for pastor next. We're in a transition leading toward a new, another shepherd coming and joining this team. What's your thoughts and prayers for that 
pastor next. Forrest? This is going to sound Sunday school, but I, I pray he'd be the right, the person that God has for us. Um, so I have certain things I'm looking for, um, but kind of like finding a spouse. Sometimes the thing you're looking for isn't the thing you actually need, you know? Um, so that's, that's my prayer, that God would, would bring the right man here who his gifting uh, will both align with what needs to happen here and, and align with the, the things we need to be challenged with. So That he would help us engage new disciples and um, help to grow all of us in our discipleship journey because that's our mission as a church. Agreed with all that. I pray that we get... Um, uh, we will get a man that is humble and is a servant and um, will shepherd us, teach us, and shepherd us. I agree with what these guys have brought forth and um, really that he would fall in line with the calling upon his life to be a teacher of the word and that he would speak it clearly so that it would pierce our hearts, our minds, and our souls, that we can be more like him. Oh. A biblically sound teaching elder that sharpens us and to overcome the worldview that distorts us. So it's pretty much the same as my prayer. Mike Mears shared this weekend that the search team told Adam they haven't found anybody and that he's going to be here for five years, did he say? <laughs> so our prayers are for the next, the next pastor to be the man that God chooses for us. Hey, Adam, can I, can I say one last thing? I know we're short on time, but... I just, there is one elder that hasn't been talked about much up here today, and that's Adam. And um, just his importance to the elder board, I can't, I can't overstate. Like he could have come in with a wrecking ball and said, "You guys need to do this, and you need to do this, and you need to do this." And instead, he's kind of come in with a hammer and a chisel, and um, just really slowly, and gently, and patiently. Um, worked with us and loved us well and he hasn't sometimes you just want to say like Adam just tell us what to do but he asks questions and helps us to come up with the answers and like sometimes he's working on me with that little hammer and chisel and I don't even know what's happening um but he's he's a mentor to me I've never asked him to be a mentor to me but he's a he's a mentor to me and he's a man of God and we're just so blessed to have him the way we're going to end our service, we have one more song that we're going to do, um, and we're going to stand for that, but I'm going to ask the elders to, uh, when we get toward the end of the song, or even before that, feel free to, to find a place to kneel up here, and hopefully your spouse to be able to come behind you, and we're going to end at the end of the song, I'm going to invite anybody else that would like to surround our elders, and we're going to have a time of prayer for them, Okay. So would you stand with us as we sing this last song to the Lord? Let's bow our heads in prayer for these men and, and also for their spouses. Don't forget the wives of an elder who uh, stands behind him and, and is his first prayer warrior. His first prayer warrior. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, 
I thank you for each one of our elders and, and the commitment that they have, they've answered the call to say, yes, I will serve as an elder of this church. And we do pray generally for each one of the spouses as they come behind the, the man that they have married um, and they have hold, uphold him in prayer every single, every single day, Lord. Pray for Forrest. Pray your hand upon him as he, as he steps into a new position in the, in the church. And Lord, with all of us, may our hearts be tender, tender to the word of God, tender to the sheep that he puts before us. Lord, I pray for Scott Kingston. Lord, your hand upon him, a uh, different stage of life and his children uh, off to college, some of them off to college, Lord. And, and uh, we thank you, Lord, for the different diversity we have in the group and in the ages that help us, Lord, to remember all aspects of this congregation. I thank you for Scott's sensitivity toward that, Lord. We pray for Jim this morning. We thank you, Lord, for him leading, uh, chairing the elder team. And um, Lord, getting out those agendas and the, those things that keep us on track. And uh, Lord, we pray that you'll continue to guide him as he, he walks alongside and with these men that are here. And I pray for Scott Aberderis, Lord. I thank you for uh, especially uh, the longevity Lord, of this man, uh, different times serving as deacons, different times serving as elder, Lord, and um, his love for the congregation, his, his love for this ministry called WCC. And so, Lord, continue to uh, help him, his energy, Lord, and may we feed off of it, Lord, in the elder meetings. And we pray for Bob, Lord, we thank you so much for his tender heart. And we thank you for it, like Forrest, uh, saying yes to the call to be an elder of this church. And so guide him, Lord, as he is in that learning stages. But Lord, um, definitely being able to see that he is one to step into this position. And I pray for all of these men, as has been evidenced this morning, going through this forum, that one of the uh, one of those things that you give us in your scripture is the the ability to teach and um how, how that came out of each one of these men this morning as they were sitting in front of us. They were, they were teaching us from the Word of God, teaching us from their very life and, and sharing their very life with us, Lord. So I'm thankful for that evidence this morning. So Lord, we, just, we give these men to you and we're thankful, Lord, for this morning that we've been able to gather in your house. In thy precious and holy name, amen. God's people said, amen, amen. Coffee and cookies await.